about this is, uh, you know, that negative thought you've been having, and uh, I just, uh, I just can't let you try and change yourself without a fight, so, uh, go ahead and just turn this show off, okay, and, um, uh, yeah, everything's still fine. This is Blindsight with your host, Bill Lundgren, an AINC original podcast. Is there you? We're not holding back truth. We're here to help you heal and become the best you possible. Here's the chair. Here's the pillow. Here's Bill. Welcome to Blindside. Uh, this is a, a podcast on mental health and mental wellness. And for those uh, of you who are NFL uh, fans, uh, it's not Blindside. It's Blindsight. Uh, some people <laughs> mix, mix the two, gotten the two programs. <laughs> Good movie. Up. Yeah. Good movie. <laughs> and this is your host, Bill Lundgren. The program is produced by the uh, Audio Information Network of Colorado. And uh, for part two of this uh, discussion of loneliness, uh, our producer, Jonathan Prince, is uh, Price is, is uh, joining us. Uh, for to continue what was, I hope, last week was a lively discussion on the uh, Surgeon General's uh, report on loneliness and the detrimental effects of loneliness on our physical as well as mental health. Uh, Jonathan just indicated to me that he is putting the full report on as a link uh, from uh, our website so that you can look it up and it makes interesting reading, believe me. I, uh, but we'll be talking about it. And welcome, Jonathan. I'm glad to have your assistance in talking about this important program. Yeah, it's awesome to be back on here. Yeah. And one of the things that uh, I guess I'm reminded, just uh they talk a lot about volunteerism in the report as a necessary component for getting us out of the loneliness. And I think about my involvement in uh, in this organization, which uses mm-hmm. a lot of volunteers. And yeah. you know, and I know that it's certainly uh, coming through the pandemic. Uh, so many of us were kind of trapped, and to find myself uh, working with uh, Audio Information Network and the wonderful people there has certainly been a help for me personally, emotionally, as it could be for any one of us. But what struck me particularly in the report, the the writers, plural, uh, talked about the core values of, uh, of each of us, which is Love, respect, kindness, Mm -hmm. uh, service, and concern for others. But I would add to that core value, not only concern for others, but for ourselves. Because if we're not giving ourselves that love and kindness, uh, we don't have it to give to other people. So I want to keep that in mind in terms of, you know, when we're looking to how we can make ourselves emotionally healthy. And one of the things that Jonathan pointed out from the report is that they talked about loneliness as being the equivalent 
of smoking 15 cigarettes a day in terms mm-hmm. of physical damage, whether it's, uh, whether it's dementia, whether it's a uh, stroke, whether it's uh, uh, any one of the uh, things that would surprise you that being lonely, now this is lonely rather than being alone, but being lonely is, uh, you know, how harmful it is to us. And in looking at some of the research, they found that increasingly, even before the pandemic, people were more and more people reporting feeling lonely significant periods of time. And, of course, the pandemic uh, just acerbated all of that. And I think that's one of the reasons the report has come out, because we suddenly say, oh, here is something that became uh, particularly acute uh, during the pandemic, but it's been there, and we need to do something about it. Yeah, I, when we were talking about all this, all this loneliness, and it, it hit me really hard to realize how many people could be in a crowded room and still be alone. Not only the the idea of being alone, but also the fact that sometimes people just feel unseen or they feel invisible and that's that that's a struggle for a lot of people and right. i i want to there was something that was I, I love this graphic it's it's on page 11 if you guys are able to get the download of the of the report but it talks about these three different areas of loneliness. And and the first one is structure. And it says the number and variety of a relationship and their frequency of and frequency of interaction. So how many um how many people are in your household? How many are in your friends? How the marital or partnership status? And then the second one is the function. And that's the degree to which relationships um serve the various needs that you may have. So like emotional support, the mentorship support in crisis. And then the final one being uh, the quality, the positive negative aspects of relationships uh, with interactions. And so examples like this are relationship satisfaction, relationship strain, social uh, inclusion or exclusion. All of these things are critical in lining up our idea of loneliness. So as we go through this particular show, we're going to unveil this and we're going to add in the quality of blind and low vision support. And so where I'd like to start, Bill, with a question is, let's, I want to take it two different ways, or two, two ways. One, somebody who has been blind a majority of their life, they have adapted well to it, they are living with it, and then two is the person who has suffered a traumatic uh, event where they have suddenly lost their vision. How do each of those cope? I'm assuming that each of those would cope with loneliness in a different aspect when we're talking about blindness specifically. I'm glad you're asking the question because I think that's an important distinction. Uh, the especially on how we respond to the uh, the changes that have occurred for a lot of people, particularly let's say uh, someone who had macular degeneration later in mm-hmm. life, uh, they find themselves not doing as much, maybe with 
they may find themselves withdrawing. Someone who's uh, had a traumatic experience of, of blindness, it's a whole new world, and it can be a very frightening world. This can be a very mm. frightening world. And so consequently, and, and also there's pride that may get involved, and we, you know, as a society, we forget that we're a social animal. We think that we're supposed to be individualists, and we're supposed to take care of ourselves. And when we have something like blindness come over us very suddenly, uh, then our our whole pattern of interacting uh, becomes different. And that is frightening. That can mm-hmm. lead to depression, anxiety, yeah. uh, all of those things we have to deal with. We also have uh, the tendency maybe to fake it. You know, to pretend yep. we really don't need any yes. help. And that's exactly the time where we do need to draw on the resources of others to help build our own resources. And so loneliness acerbates the effect of that, uh, uh, the change that's occurred. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and, and it also means a change in the feeling of dependence on on other people but what what we have to learn is that interdependency is what we want to achieve in other words there are things that i may need but i can't forget that i can give to others still as a blind person and that's what the person who always dealt with blindness or or someone who's early in life uh became blind uh, in their growth process, they begin to get out of this uh, mm-hmm. mindset, we hope, uh, yeah. of saying, I've got to be self-sufficient individualist, and I've got to ride off yep. in the sunset and pretend it's nothing yeah. it doesn't bother me. And yeah. that's where the differences are. But there's still the component of need is to understand, and, and this is one of the things that... Uh, I recently, being in a, a class reunion, uh, when I was in uh, high school, I was fully sighted, or thought I was anyway. And now I'm attending a reunion as a blind person with a guide dog. And mm. the fact that people uh, are admiring me, you know, they feel like I'm yeah. an example to people. Not an example of blindness, but an example of someone who goes ahead and does what he wants to do, like, you know, go to a reunion in another city, uh, and with, but also to be able, what I really had reinforced over and over again was, I've got to ask for help, and it's okay. People it feel good being able to help me, and they're not going to take over my life. They're just saying, okay, you need a ride uh, to this and the other thing. Uh, I wonder why you can't drive. Well, <laughs> mm-hmm. right. And, and I say that facetiously because we know why, but yeah. we need to have somebody to drive with, and that's okay. They're happy to have our companionship in the car. We somehow feel like when we ask somebody to do something for us, we're taking from them, and we're not. Well, it's, you know, in a few years, you're going to be able to drive the car by yourself because the car is going to just drive itself, right. and eventually you're going to sure freak a lot that. of people out. Yeah. yeah, because I think that 
when I, it gives me the courage, if you will, to call up and say, hey, uh, I want to take, uh, take a hike. You know, will you go with me? Mm-hmm. And they say, yeah, yeah. You know, I never, never thought of doing a hike. Yeah, let's, let's go. And then two people are doing it together and sharing the experience. That is a break in loneliness, and that is helping both of you to get yep. your butts out the door and to do That's something right. that we might not think of doing. And it's yeah, by you mentioned- asking and by uh, getting people to think differently and do things for us, it's really doing for both. For both, And that's what we're talking about, breaking the loneliness. And that takes some courage. What, one of the things I wanted to, to hit briefly on, you're talking about people getting up and off the couch and, and wanting to go out and, and be and do something else. There's a, there's a critical aspect of this, and I want people to really listen and pay attention to this, because if you don't ask this, you're never going to do anything. Yeah. There are a series of questions that you absolutely have to ask yourself in order to start getting out of this loneliness cycle. And that is the who, what, when, where, and why, and even why not. Mm-hmm. And, and why if not? you're not mm-hmm. asking those questions, if you're not asking those questions, you are going to stay on the couch. You're not going to do anything your whole life, and you're going to end up causing more loneliness than, exactly. than is absolutely necessary. Go find something you love to do. Find somebody who likes to do it. Join a group. Join a Facebook group. Join a church organization. It doesn't matter. But I'm telling you guys, that there's this graphic up here that I'm looking at, and it's it makes me so sad. We mentioned it at the top of the show, smoking up to 15 cigarettes a day. It's The lack of social connection and loneliness is like smoking 15 cigarettes a day. It's like drinking six alcoholic drinks a day. It's... Uh, it's physical inactivity. It causes obesity. And right. uh, but you see, there's sh- another there's another uh, piece to it. Uh, yeah, and, uh, that I have to put a little uh, little thing in there. What becomes very frightening for people for people who are new to trying to get out is the idea that okay, I'm going to go to a social gathering of of 200 friends, and I'm going to be there for three hours, and I can't get out. If that is intimidating, and frankly, uh, I I find Mm -hmm. that kind of thing intimidating, even after all this experience. But we say, okay, let me try it for X period, a shorter period of time, and know that I can get home. In other words, don't overwhelm yourself if this is a uh, something that's uh, that blocks you but take it in small doses so you get used to it and you find sure. ways to accommodate you but say you, you know as they say uh, as I as I've said many times in this program you you can eat a whole elephant but you do it one bite at a time and you you know, go out for a little bit, try, you know, put your, your foot in the in the water, so to speak, and see how it is for you. And then you can gradually increase it. The other thing, of course, being if you can, if you have somebody you trust to say, okay, I want to do this, will you do it with me? That's okay. The, a person would be very happy to do it. Mm-hmm. But what you're saying is absolutely correct. The 
One thing that uh, I, I noticed in the report, they were talking about loneliness causing depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. it does. But also depression and a, a symptom of depression or a symptom of excessive anxiety is loneliness because the you don't have the energy in depression to go out and do something. Or, yes. or you have social anxiety where you're afraid. Yes. But both of those are treated. Or even like sensory deprivation or uh, sensory overload. Yeah, exactly. So that, uh, you know, if that is uh, debilitating for you, then, you know, going and getting some uh, help from a counselor or someone that you that cares very much about you and uh, uh, can be yeah. objective, then that can help you overcome that. And the more that you do things, the less these symptoms will appear. We're, we're also yeah. not saying to, if, you, if you're a homebody and you're feeling lonely, to go to a football game and surround yourself with 70,000 people. Yeah. We're talking about one person. Find somebody that you trust to right. help you in this. Go, yeah. like, you can even, you just invite them into your space and say, hey, well, come play cards with me. Come play right. backgammon. Or right. let's watch exactly. a movie. Or yeah. just have a cup of coffee with me. Where, where, Bill, where in society did we lose this idea of having a communal aspect? You know what? I, I know what I know where it came from. We we got rid of the front porch. Yeah, well, we got that, we got rid of the front porch. You know, back in the back in the day, it's yeah, right. Yeah, but and but we we, we used to sit on the front are. porch. Yeah. No, we used to sit on the front porch and and say, "Hey, Bob. Hey, Bill. And yeah. hey, Susan. Hey, hey, Patty." And 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 we knew everybody. Yeah, we moved our interactions from the street in front of the house to behind our house, and now we're all private. Right. And so we've created this uh, uh, it, by happenstance, I guess. We've created this loneliness barrier. And where did the coffee dates go? Where did the tea dates go? Where did just getting together and just wanting to say, hey, I want to get together and talk. That's it. You don't even have to do an activity. Talking is free. If you're strapped on nope. money, go talk. But you see, that was one of the things that we noticed, particularly during the pandemic. It really uh, accentuated that, that separation. We were hunkering in our house for fear of getting uh, COVID for good reason, but at the same time, we're we're trying to we're having trouble getting out of it. One, it's kind of comfortable. Not, you know, uh, loneliness is is uh, can be uh, a little uh, devious because there is a certain comfort zone that we have in being, and this is being alone, which also, in in excessive amounts, can be the loneliness, but. We get caught up in this in avoiding people when really we're social animals. We should be, we need to be out with people. The number sure. of people is individual. You know, what, what feels comfortable for you? That's what the Harvard right. study on, on uh, happiness says mm-hmm. social interaction, but they were very clear. This is a, uh, an 81 year study, three generations. The key thing to happiness is social interaction, but it doesn't necessarily, relationships, but it doesn't necessarily mean you have to know a whole stadium uh, group of people. It means whatever 
works for you and number works for you. And so it's getting out. But there's another, another piece of that. And this is particularly for parents, but also it can be significant others, friends. When you are, are know someone who's retreating more, becoming more lonely, spending less mm-hmm. time doing things with other people, mm-hmm. then it is a caring act that you can do to that person is to let them know you're observing that and you have some concern. And this is particularly for the people who's increasing vision loss mm-hmm. may yeah. be encouraging them or making them afraid to go out and do things. And your kindness to them may be to just say, hey, you know, is there something I can do or there's something, some way that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm observing this. You're not as active as you used to be. Is something going on. Mm-hmm. And just as supportive and listen to what they tell you. That's how we break, how we break the loneliness for others. It's interesting. Some of the uh, suggestions the report has, we're talking about the workplace and how uh, the workplace needs to be more inviting for people to get coworkers to get to know one another. And this is really the opposite of what it seems to be happening right now. There seems to be, you know, focus on turning out stuff and, you know, so mm-hmm. forth and so on, going, yeah. con- you, know, you know, contrary to that. And also uh, the hybrid uh, that's doing now, you know, we're losing some of that. So that means we have to be extra conscious of being able to reach out to other people, pay attention, and even with your children, if you see a change in behavior, it's mm-hmm. time to talk about it with kids and also let kids know where you are in, you know, feeling lonely or feeling, uh, you know, wanting to reach out to other people rather than hiding it. So kids know that they, they, they can talk about it. They can talk about how they feel and they don't have to put up a front. And consequently, it's that kind of love, kindness, respect, mm-hmm. concern for others service to others is what what we're talking about here. I want to add on there the use of body language. Um, A lot of times we don't realize what we're putting off by how we hold our body, by how we hold our hands, by how we hold our our legs and our our shoulders. Are are we, you know, slouched forward? Are we sitting up straight? And and, and I know everybody hears that. And then all of a sudden they just start perking up and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm sitting up straight. And they realize, nope, I'm I'm slouching. And it's just a funny psychological thing. But yeah, I think if we if we can see the body, body language, what one of the things I've had other therapists say to me, well, I don't know how you're a therapist because you can't see the body language of your your client. Right. What I have to tell them no, but I, I pay a lot of attention to the language, to the yes, way and the tone speak. of voice. When people are down, yeah. their language changes. When they're feeling excited, you hear excitement. You pay attention to that. And again, uh, you know, if you are with someone and the lang- and the way they're talking is just a little bit down, pay attention to that. Uh, 
Well, surface level do. conversations. Right. Right. And, Very, and if they and, if they can't go any deeper than what they had for breakfast or the weather outside, right. you know you may have a problem. Or they've changed. In other words, they used to be very, uh, you know, uh, excited about things, and you listen to them, and it's gone, and that excitement is gone. Something's going on, and people loathe to share that. But that part of your your job is to give them, not to pull it out of them, but to give them a vehicle, a way, a, a place where they can feel safe to tell you what's going on. Like, I feel lonely and I don't know what to do about it. And that kind of, that's a you know big plus for people to be able just to put word to what they're feeling. Major, major, major piece. Yeah, it's, I, I enjoy, you know, this morning we did, um, Alex and I are, are, one of our producers, our head producer, we did this exercise today with our volunteers where we had a, a phrase that we used and we did the full, like a um, different biases in our language, in our speech, and how it mm-hmm. comes across when we use different inflection. And we did a far right bias, we did a medium right bias, we did a neutral, <laughs> and then a, a medium left, and then a way far left. And so it was interesting to me just how much tone of voice matters in our bias. And even though I was Absolutely. the one doing the recording, mm-hmm. it was, you know, it, it took me some, uh, it took me a little bit to wrap my head around some of the political, like way far left or way far right. And when you're not careful with your tone of voice, you end up telling people a whole lot more than you ever intended to just by the way you shape your tones, you shape your words and even accents on a particular words or overemphasizing other words. And you change the entire meaning of what you're going to say. You and it's an, I, I, I love the psychology of language and the psychology of communication because when you're communicating something, uh, it's, it's, it's critical to make that whatever you're communicating, whether it be good or bad or indifferent to that person, make sure that they understand what you're talking about. Yeah. Like I could say, oh, I'm excited about talking about loneliness. It's just wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> and are my my words and my inflection? I'm so excited. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I promise, Bill. I'm excited to be talking about this. This is yeah. this is the best thing ever. Yeah, and it's so it's funny. We need to pay attention to our inflection. As is it really reflecting what we're feeling, or are we hiding something? Are we trying not to let people mm. know that we're feeling kind of closed up? And I, yeah. I got into a phone call today from one of the insurance companies uh, wanting information. And uh, quite frankly, I was hostile because I didn't need it right at that point. And I mm. had to stop myself and say, I'm coming across rather, you know, almost uh, I could be considered abusive. And I apologized. Mm. I said, yeah, you know, I'm just, I got 50 million things going on and I'm sure you need that. She said, oh, I'm used to it. And I said, oh, you go to work in a flak jacket. So, yeah, basically. Yep. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But 
Yeah, I had to pay attention to my language just as I have to pay attention to other people's language and tone and so forth in order to be welcoming them into a conversation with me. She was laughing and she, uh, you know, we had a connection. And that's one of the other things I wanted to bring up, which was in the, the report, that, you know, communication and and connection is not just with our family and friends, but it's when we go to the grocery store, how we, you know, talk to the people, how I remember as a kid, the librarian, of her name was Mrs. Miss Boney, which was a wonderful name, but uh, <laughs> she would ask how we were doing. It isn't just, oh, you want a book. It was how we were doing, what were we learning, and she tailored some of her uh, selections for us based on the conversation. Mm -hmm. She didn't have to do that. But that's how a community community can help one another. And that's our job. That's what we need to do. You know, our, our animals hear our tone far more than our words. They don't know what our words mean, but boy, they... Yep know what we're saying by our tone and we can you know we can do the same thing to pay attention so what do you think is a is a cause of loneliness particularly in those who have suffered an immediate trauma to their vision what where does that happen because usually maybe they haven't had a lonely life in in the past but all of a sudden is it embarrassment is it uh well it can it be a shame. struggle to figure out what it shame yeah absolutely shame. What, what is it it could also be fear because when you've been relying on as you say body language and you've been relying on being able to get from point a to point b without help when you've been independent this is a new thing and for some people the the feeling and not only of shame but a helplessness and mm. we feel very unsafe when we feel helpless. Yeah. And particularly when we don't know whether uh, the person we're with is going to be friend or foe and, right. and take advantage of our helplessness. So what we want to do is protect ourselves, you know, just as uh, an animal uh, gets hurt and retreats in a cave or a some some place where they can be away from everybody, even though they may, you know, that may be worse for them. And then we try to help them, mm-hmm. they bite. Yep. And because they're frightened. Yeah. I think fright more than anything else. And so the only answer to being frightened about something is to run away from it, fight or flight. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when we've lost our sight, a key way of operating fight or flight. And so it becomes very difficult. And and we have to rebuild our self-esteem. And that's one of the things that treatment centers uh, allows us to be with other people who are blind and are in different stages of acceptance of their blindness. Right. Or support, Mm -hmm. blindness support group or low vision group or whatever helps us to know that the world doesn't has come to an end because we can't see. If we just 
Uh, you know, that cliche, yeah, we can do anything we want to do. We just need to know, find out how to do it differently. Makes a mm-hmm. whole lot of sense. But boy, the process is tough. Well, it's a it's a, uh, a fear of the unknown. I mean, right. when you know something, you're a little bit less afraid of it. Right. And, and I feel, and though, that... you have a society that's built on visuals, and yeah. even our language, I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm. You know, we use the sight words all the time. And then when you find yourself, oh, I'm not, you know, that word has an extra meaning. It does. Yeah. And a little so, bit more weight to it. Right. Right. Some people apologize. Oh, I didn't mean, you know, when I said, I'll see you next time. I didn't mean to use that word. I said, I'm okay with that word. But yeah. when you're new, you, it almost stands out. Why did he say that? Why did she say that? You know, begin right. to think beneath the words that are being used. Uh, right. And, and, you know, just the idea, and I know this is a male thing, but I women, women are as guilty of it, is to ask for help. Somehow mm-hmm. put this one down. Yeah. And I'm finding more and more, uh-uh, no, it doesn't. You know, it makes me an equal. Because I know that I can help that person at some time. Absolutely. And, and, you know, we have to get out of that mindset. But it's difficult. And sometimes we have to do that by being with other people who've dealt with it, or at least sure. to try out new things that we haven't tried before. That is like asking for help. Yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of this loneliness topic, and we have... I mean, it feels like we've just barely scratched the surface. Absolutely. We're two episodes in. We could do in. a whole, you know, a whole year. We could do a whole, year, uh, we could do a whole podcast on loneliness in and of itself. And, yep. you know, I'm yep. sure that there yep. are podcasts out there who do loneliness. But, Bill, in, in reading this report, share with us some hope. Share with us some some points that we can look to and say, hey, we can get better. We can, we can, we can make the society something that we want it to be. Yeah, I think the the report is important from the standpoint of saying here are some ways that we can work at getting better as a society. You know, we talked about individual sectors from parent and child up to institution and said, look, this is we need to look at this uh uh I'll call it disease, but I'm not using the word disease right, but called the disease of loneliness. We have answers, but it means that we need to change some ways that we think and work and interact in order to promote the idea of love, kindness, respect, service, and concern Mm. for others as well as, as ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Great discussion. I hope that you all have enjoyed it. This is Blindsight, host Bill Lundgren with his guests and producer Jonathan Bryce. Uh, We're happy to have had you with us today. If you have any comments, uh, anything that you'd like to add to it, shoot us an email and Mm -hmm. look for the link to the report. I think you'll find it interesting reading. So until next next time, take care and be a friend to somebody that you don't know yet. <laughs>